Welcome. This is the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome. This is the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. I got an exciting guest. I'm glad you're here. I um, wanted to tell you, first of all, if you go to realestateinvestingmastery.com, you can get all kinds of crazy, awesome show notes for this episode that we're recording right now in a second. You can also get our Fast Cash Survival Kit. And one more thing I wanted to ask you is please leave a review on iTunes. We appreciate all the reviews. We're slowly creeping up to 300 reviews. And if you leave us a review, we will give you some really cool free stuff. So about 10, 20 episodes ago, I did a little podcast called Leave a Review, Get Free Stuff. And we'll send you some books, we'll send you some videos, some really cool things. And it can be a positive review or a negative review. That's uh, We just appreciate the reviews that we see in iTunes. It helps us with the rankings and stuff. So I want to introduce you guys to Mark Evans. Mark is a guy that I've interviewed before on the show. He's a guy that I've learned a ton from in this business. I've learned a lot from him on how to wholesale deals virtually. I've learned a lot from him on the coaching side of the business as well. I uh, consider Mark a friend and a mentor. And he I, I wanted him on the show because he's got some really cool things that he's doing that are coming up real soon here. But he's also one of those guys that one of those few guys who is is actually doing it, but not just doing it, like doing a few deals here and there with partners, quote unquote, right? <laughs> I he's actually got a legitimate business that is wholesaling a ton of properties every month. And and I'm not talking some cuz a lot of people talk about doing properties or flipping properties virtually or wholesaling virtual wholesaling, you know, things like that. Well, but they're still on the phone all day talking to sellers, all right? Mark has got this system down where he's not doing any of that. I mean, he can if he wants to, and maybe he does once in a while. But we're going to talk about the teams that he's set up and the workflows that he has set up so that you can – you're probably either on the beach right now, Mark, or looking at the beach. I'm going to guess, right? I'm looking at the beach. I was going to go to the beach, but I have to be here. Right. It was probably be too windy, and it would be hard to – Hard to hear you. Exactly. But Mark is really good at keeping it simple. And I I give him a hard time all the time. He's on his flip phone right now. He (laughs) doesn't like being bothered, right? And so a a, a smartphone, like, remember, these are called iPhones, Mark. And they're (laughs) nice. They're flat. You don't have to open them up. You just click a button and they turn on, right? And I, I, I love iPhones, but Mark... He just likes to keep it simple. And obviously, looking at Mark's success, you don't need to have a stupid iPhone or a fancy Android to make a lot of money in this business. It's all about getting systems and teams in place to get all that stuff done for you. So, Mark, I I feel really privileged to have you on the show. You're a hard guy to get a hold of. You're really, really busy. But um, you're taking the time to talk. I appreciate it, man. No, I appreciate it as well. One thing, I'm never too busy for the right people. Nor are we, right? We're all never too busy for the right people. Well, that's right. You're absolutely right. <laughs> so you have a podcast, Mark, right? It's called the Real Estate Power yep. Hour. Um, we'll yep. Talk about that show. Would you? What do you? What do you do on that show? 
So the show is designed just to kind of like, I don't do mentoring or coaching at all. And what I like to do is I like to do it at a level where I'm sharing kind of my insights, my journey, if you will. I still have two mentors that I go to. I pay a lot of money every year for that. And I'm just learning every day. Like you are too, Joe, like everyone in our business and anyone that's moving forward in life, constantly learning. So it's a place I get to share my, you know, people listen to me talk about up-leveling your life, what virtual investing is, how to build buyer's list, how to build seller's list, how to build a team, um, just all that good stuff. And uh, it's, a, it's a way for me to, <clears throat> again, you know, we all understand the power of compounding effect. It's a good way for me to spend a half hour or an hour or so and take that half hour or an hour and turn it into thousands of hours. As you know, with your podcast show, we do this once and it keeps being heard thousands of times by many people, yeah, tens of thousands of hours. So it's a great way to compound our time. Well, and it's also a simple, effective way to spread the message out and to really help people. Um, that's what I love about this podcast. I'm, I'm actually meeting people from all over the world who are listening to this right. and saying, you know what? I took one little thing you said in that podcast episode, whatever, they'll name the number and I'll forget even all about it. But I took what you, what you said and I was in England and I, I flipped a deal in Arizona or <laughs> what, you know, and then this, this uh, one guy in particular I'm talking about, he started flipping deals in the United States from England. And then he turned around and said, you know what, why can't I do this in England itself? Right. It's Tom Wade. Mm-hmm. I interviewed him just recently. And so now he's flipping deals virtually in England from England. And he was telling me that you know we're 10, 20 years um, ahead of Europe when it comes to flipping properties virtually, and they're catching right. on over there. But the power of this podcast, I mean, if you were to look at your numbers, I don't know if you ever have, Mark, but um, you probably have over 100 different people, 100 different countries, that people in 100 different countries that are listening to your right. podcast right now. And it's crazy. No, absolutely. I, I love I love the, the that kind of technology. Oh, by the way, Mark, can can you listen to podcasts on your flip phone? I do not. I do not. <laughs> I'm sorry. I got to rub it. I just give it more. Okay. All right. So let's uh, let's talk about virtual wholesaling. Can we, Mark? Um, you live in Florida. You and your yep. Um, can I call her fiance? Are you guys married? She's my wife. Your wife? What? I'm married. I got married. I didn't uh, yeah, that. in August. Well, congratulations. Yep. Yeah, thank you. You know what? I did know that, Mark. I saw. I remember seeing the Facebook posts. So my apologies. Yeah. But congratulations. <laughs> uh, Deanna, thank uh, you. she's a great lady. And uh, I did pronounce her name right, correct? Dina. Dina. Dina, Dina I'm sorry. Yeah. Great lady. Good news is she doesn't listen to the podcast either, so we're good. <laughs> no, I'm just <laughs> okay. So anyway, um, you 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 two went on this epic trip like all over the world. How long were you guys traveling? I think you just recently kind of settled down, isn't yeah. that right? Yeah, we've actually traveled the world twice for two and a half years straight in each segment. And then um, December 1st, 2010, we, we went on a journey for five years. We actually didn't go a total of five years. It was a little over three years. And uh, we kind of got married and said, okay, we were, we're still traveling. We just went to Bora Bora, just rented a yacht for a week and, you know, hung out and done some of that stuff. But, yeah, we're still traveling and, you know, just settling down and just enjoying life. <laughs> I love it, man. That's awesome. And uh, so you're settling down, though, in uh, Florida. Palm Beach, Florida, yeah. Palm Beach. The weather's 
probably a little nicer there than it is in Ohio, right? <laughs> yeah, today's 80. Ohio's negative 8. <laughs> now you're so from Ohio. You're from Ohio, right? Yeah, the, yep, an hour east of Columbus, Ohio. And you probably, I think you still do a lot of deals there. Am I right? Yeah, yeah, it's one of our largest markets out there. Right. And so a lot of people listening to this right now when we're recording this, it's like record-breaking cold up in the uh, Greater Lakes area and New England area. And it's cold here. It's, what, 27 degrees in St. Louis. <laughs> and, uh, right. I, you know, I wouldn't mind living in Florida. It's beautiful there. Right. But can you really flip properties virtually? While you're living in Florida, I mean, like, come on, everybody talks about it, but can you really do it, Mark? You know, I'll answer, the short answer is yes. But to me, like, I think the problem now, Joe, is we're, what, 2015 now. And when everyone hears virtual, they think no one does anything. They think it's just like a cloud or something in the air and it's all fake and all bogus and all this stuff. Yeah. Really what virtual meant to me and still means to me today is it's a mindset. So you've all heard, we've all heard of that book, The E-Myth by Michael Gerber, right? Yeah. Talking about work on your business, not in your business. Virtual to me has never been about real estate. It's never been about any of that stuff. Even though we call virtual real estate, it's really about a mindset of a business owner. Hmm. How do I become virtual to my business? How do I, virtual meaning work on it, not in it. And it's really, you know, how do I start building out a team? How do I build out layers? How do I build out a structure or an infrastructure that allows me to do what I want to do? Most people are out here, and I've been a part of this, are trying to figure out how to make money and then figure out how to do what they want. It's okay to do that, but the problem is, is like the more money we make, the more we want to do, we just keep working more in the business. So I just started focusing on what I wanted and reverse engineering my lifestyle to fit how I could build a business out that that would be sufficient to allow me to live the life I want to live, travel the world, do all these crazy things and still be able to grow a business. Well, what a novel concept, right? I mean, you you just need to figure out what kind of business do you want? What kind of life? Well, first of all, I think what you've done, Mark, is, is you figured out this is a lifestyle I want. I want the freedom and independence. I like the term. I love this term, stress-free abundance. You, mm-hmm. you know, it's not all, it's not all about making millions and millions of dollars and having this huge business. It's just having mm-hmm. some stress-free abundance, simple, you know, nothing crazy, but you design your stress-free abundance life first. What does that look like for people? I mean, maybe somebody wants to live in the Midwest in, in the cold winters, right? Because, you know, it's a Absolutely. great place to raise a family. That's cool. Um, yeah. But you can still wholesale deals in your backyard or if you live out in the country somewhere and you don't have you live in the small small town if you love the small town you can still build a business that supports your lifestyle to do what you want when you want to do it and wholesale properties virtually and i like that thinking about it as as from a business owner's perspective having that right mindset so what are some of the mindset things mark that are important Mm -hmm. that the business owner has well, you know, I think, again, back to the virtual piece in real estate, it, it does not matter where the property's at or where you're at. <laughs> Just to be clear on that, it does not matter. But it does take people, and it does take pieces to make that a reality. So if you're sitting in Ohio trying to do deals in Florida, which is fine, you have to build, like, 
you have to build a wherewithal of what's going on in that market. You have to be smart about it. You, have to, you know, you have to study. You have to work at it. So I think another thing I would see, Joe, for me, the mindset is they're listening. You know, a lot of people listen to 20, 30, 40 different people, and yet they never get to do anything. I call them seven-year newbie syndrome Yeah. because they're, they hear you, they hear me, they hear how another guy's doing it, they hear this person, or they go to a seminar, and they just get stuck in the cycle of learning to learn. And the more you learn, the more you start asking more questions. You wake up seven years later, and you still have yet to done a deal. So to me... Start with your lifestyle. What do I want? If you have a lot of cash, you can do deals anywhere. <laughs> it's easy to buy real estate when you have money, FYI, right? <laughs> right yeah. The problem is how do you manage it? How do you manage it? So that's the next natural question that would come in that mindset process when you're creating your ideal lifestyle. Well, I need a manager. And if you said, well, I, I can manage myself, well, again, you're not a business owner. That's, that's an entrepreneur, wannabe self-employed person. You can make money doing that, and you can have a great life but you'll never get up to the level you're saying you want to be if you want to be a virtual business owner. So to me, it's about reverse engineering that process and asking those questions. If you have no money, you can't be a cash buyer. Get over it. It's not the end of the world. Now you just ask the question, well, how do I become a cash buyer? Well, to become a cash buyer, we have to find people who have cash. How do we do that? And then you set up the structures. And then you just start building these pieces out. And one more thing, Joe, like the thing that drives me crazy and why I still have a flip phone. Everyone out here has 83,000 different website links and domains and, you know, <laughs> the next best lead gadget and all this. But yet they still can't put a deal together. Yeah. Just a newsflash. Don't tell anybody. A lot of people was making a lot of money in real estate before the Internet even existed. Mm-hmm. So stop using that as an excuse to prolong your success. Yeah. You know, as you know, you don't need leads. I mean, I think you have a course. You can go on Craigslist, Craigslist, and in one hour have deals, literally. Yeah. You have a course on that, don't you, Joe? Yeah, it's called onehourleads.com. <laughs> Conveniently. Yeah, and, and, and one hour leads, that's if, that's if you're procrastinating 40 minutes of the hour. You <laughs> oh, know, you know I, I've, seen you, I've seen you do this, Mark, yeah. before in your workshops, and it's amazing. Uh, you sit down, some, and we'll talk about this in a minute here, but you sit down people and you actually say, all right, you're here to do deals. Let's get to work. And you actually start doing the marketing, getting the phone to ring, getting on the phone, talking. We'll talk about that later. But, um, yeah, you're absolutely right. It's it's not hard. and You don't need a fancy phone. You don't need the websites. You don't need all of this stuff that really can just bog you down. But, um Yeah. A lot of times these pieces that are conveniences are distractions. Yeah. You know, so having a website's great, but personally I don't I don't generate revenue from our websites. We generate leads from websites and the leads are only as good as if you call them and how quickly you handle them and how you handle them and all those other pieces. Good. So it's only one small you know, another thing too, I think Joe, a lot of people are trying to be you and I out the gate. You know which is okay, I guess, but you're not going to wake up and do 10, 20, 30, 40 deals a month. Yeah. You have to have steps. You have to build that. You know, you don't need everything you and I have. You just need a couple pieces. The main piece is phone and getting on the phone and calling with the internet connection. Mm-hmm. Put one, two, three deals together and then start thinking about how to grow it. All right. Well, Mark, let's, let's talk about the guy who, or lady that has already been wholesaling properties, you know, but they're working right. too hard they're they're hustling and sometimes your second deal is harder than your first and they 
they they got into the business all excited hearing everybody talk about how easy it is to make a ton of money in real estate and they started doing it they actually started doing the marketing they started getting calls and then all of a sudden mm-hmm. they're just completely overwhelmed because they feel like they have another job mm-hmm. what would you say to that kind of person how can they have the virtual quote unquote virtual business lifestyle like that yeah again i think sometimes you know Confusing activity with productivity is the biggest killer to success, Hmm. right? So you get involved there and okay. So we have a saying in our company, mind your own business. Like Joe, you could say you did 20 deals this week, but that means nothing to us because I don't know how you did it. I don't even know what that means, right? And it's none of my business. So if we're trying to build our life and our business the way you're saying you're doing it, again, no, we're saying it. We're not even verifying it most of the time. And I'm not using that as a derogatory thing to you, Joe, but I'm just saying in general, if you hear, hey, we did 100, you're trying to be like me, there's a lot of steps that take to get there. So if you're sitting there, I'd say stop, ask yourself, what's the biggest time suck in your day, and find someone and hire them for that ASAP. I think managing and hiring people, Joe, is probably the biggest gift that I've spent a lot of money and time learning how to do more of. Mm-hmm. I try to get better at it every day because it's not easy. Yeah. But like managing people, their expectations, letting them mess up. This is a big one for me because I'm not good at that. But letting people like mess up on phone calls and mess up on paperwork, allowing for mess ups because we forget. I've been doing this almost 19 years. So if I put someone in there today and they mess up a little bit, that's how they learn as long as you're there to support them on that process. Okay. Back in the day, I would just freak out, do a forum, and then they don't learn, <laughs> you know? Right. So micromanaging is not good if you want to be a great leader. Well, talk about, Mark, what what kind of team do you need to have in place then? Uh, you know, you're, right. you're doing a ton of deals, but maybe break it down to be a little simpler where, you know, a guy can do three to five deals a month. Uh, what, kind of, right. what kind of team does that wholesaler, that investor need to have to, to make this a business, right? Right. So in my mind, I mean, what's the average deal they're making? Five to ten grand a deal? Yeah. Five to seven, something like that? Yeah. So in my mind, this is just my opinion. So this means nothing. I think it's easier to scale your business to 10 plus deals a month with that model if you're thinking that way. For the simple fact is, the more money we're bringing in, the more the better people we can hire, the more people we can hire. And I'm not saying hiring, you know, just wasting money, but it allows us to structure an organization that can produce enough cash to build it. Two or three deals is okay, making 20, 30. Like we have clients that come in making 20, 30 a month, which is okay. But in my experience, when I'm talking how I lived, I was at one point in my business, it's easy to make 20 or 30 grand a month, but it's very hard to make more than that by yourself. Okay. So the first thing is, again, I would say, ask yourself the question, where am I spending the most of my time? Mm-hmm. And figure out how to hand these pieces off. It's different for everyone. You might be amazing at paperwork. If you are, hire that out ASAP because that is a very affordable thing to hire out. And then you just stamp up approval. So if you're spending three hours a day, now you're only spending 10 minutes a day. For me, I don't go to closings, Joe. I see people go to closings. I think it's hilarious. I think it's a waste of time. And I think it's silly that people are telling their clients to do this. I don't know if you do that or not, but no way. There's no need to go to close. There's no need to go to closings, right? At all. I used to <laughs> until yeah. I got sick well, of it. Again, yeah, I mean, but we didn't realize that there's a better way. They'll come to you for a hundred, no, like, mobile notaries will come to you for a hundred dollars. Yeah. 
if that's the way you do it. Or pay your lawyer to be a power of attorney on the deals. Yeah. Or have someone in your organization that can sign for you. I mean, there's a lot of ways to go about it, but there's no need to go to those. So that will save you, if you're doing a lot of deals, you know, there's four, five, six, seven, ten hours a month in save time of drive time. Because mm-hmm. you get the check, you got to go to the bank. I mean, that's that's like time. All right, so break that down, Mark. I, I yep. thought that was really interesting. It's it's actually easier to scale your business to ten plus deals a month than it would be to do just three or four deals a month. Um, right. Because then the, the more money that you're, the more deals you can do, the better kind of, I guess, the better talent you can bring in. So, right. what are some of the what are some of the important people that you need to have in a business doing 10 plus deals a month? You got, um, well, you have virtual assistants in the Philippines doing marketing for you, or you have people in your mm-hmm. office. Do you have to have an office? Talk about that. Yeah, you definitely don't need to have an office. Um, we do now because my COO loves an office. So I built the office for him. But in regards to like virtual folks, um, like the Philippines and all that, I think they're great if you're good at it. I, I'm terrible at it, Joe. I really have never had a good experience with them. I think they all make amazing promises and say they can do a lot of stuff. And I take full responsibility because I'm a business owner. And it's my fault that they didn't never succeeded with us because maybe I wasn't as clear as I could have been or should have been. Okay. But from my experience, if I have someone with me in the U.S. or the States, um, it allows me to, you know, they understand things a little bit differently, if that makes sense. I'm not saying that in a mean way, but... Yeah. I can sit down with them and say, go here, call this person. I don't have to say, click this button. And when that button happens, click this button and click, you know, like I'm not, that's not how my brain thinks at all. Okay. And there's another philosophy I carry inside of my business. And I always have done this. I've never looked how to do things cheap. I've always looked how to get the best price for the best product. Mm. So I'm not looking to spend, you know, how do I get leads for $2? The questions we ask in house Yeah, so I don't, you know, our philosophy in our business is not how do we get $2 leads, but how do we outspend our competition so they don't become competition? You know, I'm always looking for, how do I, I, I'm never looking for the cheapest piece. I'm always looking for the quality. And to me, as when you, you you know, want to build a business, why not build it with A plus players? Yeah. And, you know, listen, okay, sometimes it's okay to hire folks like that, but I personally, and again, I've been at this a long time. I just don't have a good experience with it in-house. Okay. okay. Mm-hmm. So you need somebody to do the marketing then. Who who do you have doing that? That's kind of where it starts, well, right, marketing? Great question. So for me, again, I'm always like, I'm a simple guy. Joe, you're an engineer, so you're way better at this than I am. And that annoys me. Well. <laughs> <It annoys laughs> like, Mark is just so laid back, everybody. If you don't know Mark, he's just so laid back. And I'm so like, well, we got to, it's got to be complicated to work, right? And Mark, Mark keeps on reminding me, uh, Joe, no, it doesn't have to be complicated. But go ahead and say whatever you're going to say. I'll listen. Well, the first question is, what kind of leads do we want? Uh-huh. Right. If you're looking to do wholesaling and you have a couple bucks, I think direct mail, I think direct mail by far is dollar for dollar, the best lead source in the world. It's predictable. It's consistent. And it's brain dead simple. Once you understand it, what you're doing and going after is by far the most powerful piece. If you don't have much cash and you've got a little bit of time, just jump on Craigslist, buy your course, Joe, and follow that stuff. It works. Yeah. 
that, that the magic is in doing. It's not about knowing. It's about doing. Once you know this stuff exists, what we're talking about, you can make money. <laughs> now you just have to do it and fumble your way through the process. Well, you know, yeah, marketing is great. I, yeah, go I, ahead, I was going to say, I, I did that course about two years ago, and I was looking at uh-huh. it the other day. It's at onehourleads.com. And I was looking at it the other day, and I was like, there's nothing I need to update on this. <laughs> Craigslist right. is still Craigslist. Zillow is still around. Uh, there's, you know, I, we keep track of our leads in a Google spreadsheet, and that still works. But, um, yeah, it is really simple going back to the, keeping it simple and keeping it basic. Okay, so um, direct mail works for sure. Mm-hmm. That's probably a right. large percentage of your marketing, right? I, w- I would say that's in the 90-plus percent of my marketing category for okay. sure. Nice. So, like, we like to harvest leads. We don't like to hunt for leads. So you got the hunter and gatherer, right, uh-huh. in your companies. <clears throat> and in-house, I mean, like you said, you can go to Craigslist and Zillow. That's more of a hunting prospect, yeah. prospecting process. Here's the thing is, it works. For me, with the volume of deals we do, it's not consistent. We can do 10 deals a month with that piece easily, um, but maybe three times a year. <laughs> you know what I mean? Okay. Okay. So from my experiences with direct mail, I just have to look at numbers. So it's just number driven. If I send out a thousand postcards, get eight, 180 phone calls, call 180 people back, talk to 90, and out of those 90, send 20 contracts, and out of those 20 contracts, close 10 deals, that's a formula, right? Mm-hmm. So, and I have control of that formula. I think for me, another reason I've been pretty simple, and I feel like what is a driving success piece for our business, Joe, is that I don't bounce around on the next best strategy. Mm-hmm. We're very focused. I'm not doing short sales this week. You know, pre-pre-short sales and pre-pre-pre-pre-pre, you know, like all that stuff. We're very focused on product. We don't bounce around inside of niches even. We don't wholesale warehouse spaces and, you know, like we're, it's not a formula. Like we're very focused. And I think that's always the key for us as So well. you're focused on specific markets, specific mm-hmm. types of houses, specific types of owners. Yep. You know, Mark, I hear everybody complaining these days about, direct mail not working as well as it used to. Like people are complaining, everybody's mailing to absentee owners and I call sellers and they call me back and they say, I just received uh, 500 postcards this week from you guys. And that gets discouraging to people, but you're still saying it works. Well, first of all, that's an emotional person. That's not a business owner. Uh Things. If you expect to be in business and things not to change, you're in la la land. You're in your, your fantasy world. That's not real life. Okay. Things will change, and I hope they change, and I hope everyone stops direct mailing. Do your numbers get affected? Yes, that's why you pay attention to your numbers. Because back in the day, if I send a thousand postcards, I'd get four hundred fifty calls, and I was four seven. You know, everything changes. Uh-huh. It's changing right now. <laughs> so the key to be a successful business owner is to accept change and change with change. Right? We don't change strategy. We just might have to send out fifteen hundred postcards instead of a thousand postcards. Right. Yeah. Or we might have to change what's on the postcards or we might have to do something different. That's OK. I mean, again, I, I, I embrace change. And sometimes change comes in cycles, too. Uh, we oh, see, yeah. Absolutely. You know, so you'll see this with HUDHomestore.com, for example. A lot of people start bidding on HUDs and all of a sudden it becomes competitive. But then people quit doing it. You know, people get discouraged and they leave. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, bam, it's 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 hot again. And you can get in. Right. So if you're, I think the key to this is being consistent all the way through, right? Well, I mean, if people ran 
their personal relationships like they do their business or their so-called business in real estate, you know, they probably wouldn't be in business. They probably wouldn't be in relationships long at all because, you know, okay, so today you're hot and you're, you know, you're excited for what the opportunities are. And then you do it for two, three weeks, you show up every day. And then after that, you don't show up for six months. What do you expect to happen? Mm-hmm. You know, you're pretty much starting back from square one every single time. And, uh, you know, I believe that we attract what we, who we are. So if you're inconsistent, you're going to get inconsistent results, period. There's no other way around it. Just be consistent with something. Good. Yeah. Okay, so you've got this team that's doing a bunch of marketing. Um, you're doing a lot of direct mail. So mm-hmm. leads come in. Where do they go? So first of all, I don't have a big team for direct mail. I only have one person, and they only do it a couple hours a day, if that. Um, so it doesn't have to be a big team. And there's companies out there, Joe, as you know, that you can hire to do that, I guess, if you wanted to. Right. Um, I have a COO in the house, and they go into a voicemail system. So we house them in a voicemail area because we want to frame our prospects before we talk to them internally. And not only that, on a business standpoint, it's easier to grow that way. Instead of staffing up, you know, 50 live call people, we don't have to staff anybody up necessarily to take live calls. So we drive them into a voicemail, can handle a thousand calls a second, I guess. And then we take those calls. And then when the team comes in the office in the morning, they get dispatched out their leads and then they start making calls. So do you have a certain goal of how quickly you need to call those voicemails back? Yeah. So now it's changed drastically. <laughs> okay. But yeah, the, it's like any lead, any lead at all, the faster you get to them, the better your opportunity is to sell them or deal with them, right? Yeah. So okay. we we try to get back to them as quickly as humanly possible. Sometimes that takes like 24 hours. or We're, we're definitely touching base with them within 24 hours. Okay. And then so we're, we're taking a lot of calls. You're also calling the hangups, I'm assuming, right? Yeah. So we call, the truth is, now we don't even listen to voicemails. We call everyone back equally. When you're building a sales organization, from my standpoint, you know, as building one, is if you say, hey, here's the voicemail leads and here's the hang-up leads, every single person in the company wants the voicemail leads. There they, therefore, they start cherry-picking yep. and messing up your marketing dollars. But, Mark, don't I, I want to know about the house first before I call them back. I mean, don't I, don't I want to know you know, what kind of property they own first so I can look it up on the internet before I call them back. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's why whoever, if you're the business owner, you should kind of know who your target market is anyways prior to that. Cause when we're going direct now, we already know what type of properties they have. Well, yeah. Right. I, we I'm know kind of the fac- price range. I'm being facetious. What's that? I'm being facetious. Oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, yeah, no. The point <laughs> is pick absolutely. up the stinking phone and call them. You know, it doesn't matter. But that's the beautiful thing about direct mail, right? Because you're only sending that mail to your target markets. So everybody right. that calls, you just pick up the phone and call them. And I'm, I was trying to, I did poorly. <laughs> I know I'm, I'm bad at this. Uh, trying to like, it doesn't matter what the house is. You know, it's a phone number of somebody who owns rental property. So right. Get on the phone and talk to them. Because some people overanalyze it and they want to figure everything out before they make a phone call. Well, here's the problem. And again, you see this every day just like I do. Stop worrying about yourself. 
if you truly care about someone, you know, I always, I always love going to these seminars. Oh, I haven't been to a seminar forever, but these seminars, everyone's like, I'm here to help people like the attendees. Yeah. It's like, yeah, but why aren't you picking up the phone and calling someone you can actually help because you're so worried about your situation. They don't know if you have money. They don't care if you have money. They don't care if your wife hates you or your husband hates you. They don't care if you just lost your job. They don't care if you just want BK. They don't care about any of that stuff. That's all you. That's on you, by the way, as the individual. If you genuinely care about helping people, pick up the darn phone and call and help someone. Because you can. Like, Joe, you and I, we have, we can help them. And by the way, you helping them doesn't mean you actually have to buy their house or sell them a house. It could be something you call and listen to them and give them a direction to assist them. That's it. I mean, you've experienced that, like consultive selling. There's a lot of power in it because you're not calling them to sell them. You're calling them to consult them. And if it makes sense, move forward. If it doesn't, give them a better direction and move forward. No pressure. No pressure. No pressure on anybody. So you give the sellers permission to say no when when you talk to them. Right. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Okay, so we don't have we don't have sellers say no. By the way, <laughs> okay. let's talk about we get that. the seller. Yeah, you know, Joe. I'm sorry. Like on my side, like we don't ever get a yes or no. We're just saying we're here to help you. How can we help you? Tell us the situation. Uh-huh. It's never a yes or no because yes or no to me is a combative situation. If depending on their situation, it can be construed with our team. Because again, keep in mind we're dealing with like a lot of salespeople who don't have like hard sales experience. So all we're saying is get some data, and if it works, it works. If it doesn't, that's fine too. You know, and, and it's usually us saying, "Hey, we can't help you because your number you're asking is too high." But I have this great agent locally. Give them a call. Here's the information. I'll make an intro, and you guys go from there. Mm-hmm. And everyone wins. That's interesting. So one of my favorite questions to ask sellers when they call is, "Tell me about your situation." Oh, it's the best. What's going on? What's your situation? And, um, oh, I forgot my second question. What's your situation and what would you like to see happen? Yep. Just open-ended questions. Tell me a little bit about your story. Yeah. Uh, so, okay, what are some of the – do you have a script? You get, who takes the calls? Like how many guys do you have and do they work in an office? And do you have a certain yeah. goal of how many people they have to call every day? You know, so I don't, I'm not old school driven by just numbers because I'm more concerned about quality conversations as opposed to phone calls. Okay. So right now we have about 15 people in the office that are making calls all day long. Okay. And we have a sales manager that oversees that inside of the office, like talks to them, helps them. Script, we've done script. Script bombs every single time for us because, again, the script is more about us than about the seller. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, the great question is, here's the great, if you go to our office, you'll see this Joe, soon, but on the, on the, you know, in the cubicle walls, it says, shut up, you have two ears and one mouth, listen twice as much as you talk. Mm. With a script, you're always just talking, you know, for, from my standpoint, like, you know, when we're educating newbies. Instead, it's like, like you said, ask those opening questions. Joe, tell me about your situation. Boom. In a perfect world, what would you like to see happen? Boom. And then I could tell you if they're going to do the deal or not, just based off of those two questions. And I'm sure you can as well. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's keeping it simple and getting them to talk. But that's right. so important. I, mean, I think the mistake a lot of people make, and, and right. big mistake I think people, so many people make, is is they spend too much time on the phone talking instead of just asking <laughs> exactly. the open ended questions of yeah. getting the seller to open up. So. 
your guys are probably just at least you give them a list of questions to ask, right? I mean, that's your script. Here's some basic questions to ask, right? Yeah, we actually run them through a training, our salespeople. We run them through a one-day training with seven to 12 questions. If they're calling buyers or sellers, it's different. Okay. Um, but we're running through a basic training, and then we get, again, we have a basic, when I say a script, like, the reason I don't like using the word script, I'd rather say structure, is because a script is very rigid, and it's one, two, three, four, five. I want our folks to have a structure of what our goal is, our objections to get questions answered, but I don't want them to have to go through ABC to get there. Okay. I want them to have a conversation to extract the data okay. and then use the drama to create the solution, if that makes sense. Conversation to get the data, drama yep. to get the solution. Yeah, because drama, right? Like Joe, my wife and I are getting a divorce. We've had this rental for seven years. That's the drama, right? Uh-huh. The data is the three bedroom, one bath, rented for seven hundred a month. I have to sell. Okay. So we're listening to both of those key points, and that's what we're teaching our team to identify the hot, the hot buttons. Okay. Okay. Cool. Now the seller, it looks like a deal. The seller has mm-hmm. some motivation. They have some equity. Uh, and by the way, let me rewind a little bit. What's the main target home you're going after? Is it the is it like median price and below where a typical landlord would want to buy for cash flow? Yeah, exactly. So average house is thirty-five to fifty thousand dollars. Okay, your average property is thirty-five to fifty-five, and you know that can buy you a mansion in New York City. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That, but that that's a good property in the Midwest. A lot of Midwest mm-hmm. cities have that, uh, where you can you get they have really good cash flow. So your goal. You're always thinking about, all right, how can I make this property the most marketable to my end buyer as possible? And so you're Correct. looking at not the trashiest neighborhoods, but good middle-income blue-collar neighborhoods where you can get good rents and good ROIs, right? Yep, that's correct. All right, so you're targeting those neighborhoods. Um, mm-hmm. Now, you've got a seller with some equity, with some motivation. They... What do you do next? Do you send somebody to the house to look at it? Do you have guys that uh, bring in the contracts, or do you do that stuff on the phone? Yeah, so a lot of people probably get scared when I say what we do and how we do it. I actually did this in Columbus in front of 200 people last June. We actually send a contract right on the spot. So if I'm talking to you, Joe, and you say, Mark, I got a house, I'm selling for $25,000, and I know that area is 40 grand all day long, uh-huh. I'm like, Joe, that sounds great. Here's how I work. I'm going to send you a contract, exactly detailing exactly what you said, blah, 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 blah. As soon as you send it back, that's when I'm going to start with due diligence period. I got seven days on there to get over there, inspect the property, and make sure everything checks out. And if all checks out, we'll move forward. If it doesn't, I'll talk to you then. Okay. But the key is, Joe, you have to send me the contract back. I don't start anything. We don't do any kind of research or deploy any property inspectors to properties until we have a signed contract back. That sounds really complicated. Yeah. I I, I don't know how you can do that. All right. So they say, yeah, um, you know, you're in the ballpark and you send them a contract. Do you just email or fax or do you send a courier to, with a notary? Do you send a notary to them? How, How do you do that? Yeah. We don't notarize any contracts. You could, I guess. Um, no, we just send them a V email or DocuSign, or fax, whatever's easiest. 
I know a guy in California who was wholesaling a bunch of deals in Oklahoma, and uh-huh. uh, he was actually sending notaries to their houses. He would, wow. um, they'd say, "Yeah, let's do it." He would sell them. Okay, I'll get a notary there in a couple hours with the contract mm-hmm. and get that thing signed. Right. But you know, there's an expense to that, and is it worth it? I don't know. I've never done that, but I thought that's a pretty good idea. So you're sending the contracts. And are you making multiple offers, or is it just a simple cash offer? Here you go. We don't make offers. <clears throat> the way we work, we don't make offers. So you're dealing with investor-type mentality, folks. So, Joe, you already know what you want. You know where you're at. If you say if, if it's worth – if we know we're buying for $50,000 in that market and you say 90000 you know, Joe, look, obviously you're asking, well, out of our price round, we buy in that area for 50000 all day long. However, I got some agents I can introduce you to, blah, 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 boom. But if we know we're buying in 50,000 air and you say 30,000, we are smart enough to realize, or if you say 35 or 40,000, we're going to push a contract to you and see how serious you really are. To us, it's just a motivation piece. If you're not serious, you're not going to sign it. And if you're serious, you sign it, and then we can deploy a contractor out there or a property inspector, and then we're going to renegotiate. We renegotiate 100% of our deals. Okay. We're either renegotiating terms or price or both. Okay. So you're sending them a contract. To yep. for a cash price, are, are you offering? Are you giving them options? Are you giving them like we can owner finance no. at this higher price, or give you cash for this lower price? Everything we do again, this is a business decision. Everything we do, we buy all cash and we sell all cash. Okay. So they they sign a contract, they send it back to you, um, right? And then they then you go and inspect the property, and you renegotiate. Yep. Because usually there's things you just obviously you can't know until you see the house. That's correct. Yep. Um, all right. So what do you do with the sellers that do you? What kind of follow up systems do you have in place, and how important is follow up to you? I mean, follow up is the key. I mean, to the success of anything in life and business. Period. But you know, again, so the agent on the phone, our client, you know, our person that works with us, they're following up with the seller. So we deploy. So we have an internal system we've developed. And I know, Joe, you have some uh, cool things that you use as well, some CRM management systems. But internally, we just deploy it out. You know, we're deploying, just so you know, 15 to 20 property inspections a day out internally. So there's a lot of moving pieces there. So we deploy them. We know a percentage are going to fall through. We know a percentage are, you know, it's just a process for us. So the salesperson knows to get on the phone and follow up with the team or the owner, I should say, of that property once we get the inspection report live into the system. So by the time we get the contract back, if there's no tenants in the property, we're going to have the, con- you know, we're going to have the full inspection back within 24 to 36 hours. If there's a tenant in place, it's going to take 48 to 72 hours because we've got to coordinate it with them. Yeah. And that's all set on a schedule. So we have an internal schedule that it's run by each person and each you know, inspector with the salesperson. And okay. then we just follow up. It's just a simple call. Well, we'll talk about the follow-up you do for the sellers that say no. You don't say yeah, them a say no about what uh, they don't. They want too much for the property. They want a hundred. You you can offer fifty. Do you follow up with them at all or? No. What we do is we just hand it off to an agent. Okay. Okay. On that particular situation, if we're semi close to the number, we always make it work though. Because again, that that's when we're going to negotiate a different once after we do the inspection. But it'd be you know, again, we don't have a lot of sellers just say no because <laughs> that's not. The, the way the marketing is done, it's not meant to get a, a no for that piece. It's more to give a direction. Okay. 
We're either going to, if we say no, we're handing it off. That means no to us. That's just a handoff to someone else internally or externally, like an agent or a mortgage broker to refi them out of it. Okay. And when you're doing the volume you're doing in direct mail, it's, you're getting enough lead volume in. You, so you, you yeah. yeah. Now, do do you do anything with your old leads? Do you you know For sure. retouch them? When if you have not enough people to call someday, you call old leads. Is that do you guys do that? Yeah, we actually have a lot of pieces like that. We do text broadcasting. We do email broadcasting to them. We try to get as much data. Again, those are data points inside of our system. We're always trying to gather. Yeah. Like, hey, Joe, tell us. You know, what's your email? I'd love to send you a contract if you give us that information and you don't follow through on your end, we're going to follow up with you in three to six months. Yeah. You know, just via email, and it's all automated. That's that's all preset stuff. <laughs> so good, good. they're just going to pluck it from one environment, put it into another, and push it out. Good. I hope you don't mind, mind me asking you know, all these little minute details because I, I think a lot of people no, are interested. Let's talk about selling the properties and buyers. Do okay. you have Do you have guys that negotiate or, you know, market the homes to buyers? Do you have a pretty big buyers list? What's your process is for that? Yeah, again, this is a business decision that I have taken. It's not right or wrong. It's just what I do and how I do it. I actually don't promote any properties, specific properties. I like to sell concept first, Joe. If I can sell you on the concept, the property is relative. It's all relevant. So it's like a stock, right? If you're a stock buyer, you buy stock. You don't care about the stock. You just care about the numbers. Does that make sense? Yeah. Uh-huh. So I sell our prospects on turnkey investing. So if you like the fact of alternative investing through turnkey investments to your self-directed IRA or personal cash or whatever, and you want to get double-digit ROIs anywhere from 10 to 15% projected, yada, 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 then we should talk. They call in. They download our, download our report or both. And then what we do is we want to hear where they're at, what they want to do, what their fears are. And then we make, you know, adjustments accordingly to where they're at. And then we send them two properties max. Okay. We say, look, based off of everything you've shared with me, Joe, I pulled two properties out of our portfolio that I think would fit your criteria. And that's what our team gets paid. I mean, that's how, that's how we're designed to, to sell properties. So you're finding the, the buyers first. You're, you're finding the ones who want 10 to 15% cash on cash, ROI or whatever. Yep. Which is a phenomenal number, and right. and there's a the I'm, uh, the markets that you're in, those are good solid blue collar working neighborhoods that you're going to get consistent good rents with. Mm-hmm. So you're finding the buyers who want those kinds of properties, and then you're saying, "All right, here's a couple. You give it yep. to them." Okay, so yep. are a lot of your buyers out-of-state buyers trying to buy in Ohio or are they, do they live in Ohio themselves? Yeah, I mean, I, I think any turnkey environment, because we call it uh, currency manipulation, anytime, like, meaning you got guys in California or foreign countries where, you know, $50,000 doesn't go a long way. Yeah. We like to educate those prospects and those are our biggest buyers for sure. And so you're fixing, are you fixing these properties up? and putting a tenant in them before you sell them, or are you doing that kind of at the same time? Um, It varies. I mean, obviously it's a portfolio management uh, piece, but it varies. I mean, most of the time we already bought it, cleaned it up, put a tenant in it, and it's ready to go. Nice. Yeah, it's true turnkey. And, you know, Joe, just to add to that, I mean, 
where our real magic is, again, when you have cash, it's very, very easy to buy real estate anywhere in the world. Our clients are using us and utilizing our service because we are the layons in between all the headaches that property management has. I don't care who you are. There is issues with property management, yeah. okay. period. All right. I don't care who you are. This is we're big enough that we have a lot of people that's managing with management companies. We're not the management company. We just have people that manage the management company because we have tens of dollars of assets with them. Yeah. So we got to make sure that they're doing the right thing. They're, you know, placing the right tenants. And we're very, very, very hands-on on that piece. And we try to be that buffer between you and the management to make your life easier as a buyer. Yeah, that's interesting. You've, so you're the, the, you're the liaison between yep. your clients, your buyers, and the property managers. Because everybody's heard those yeah. horror stories of these property managers that just don't care about your house, right? They'll they'll let it sit vacant for a month or two before they even start advertising it. But mm-hmm. you're, you're there. You're the point of contact in a certain sense, aren't you? With with your buyers yeah. who are in California wanting to buy good cash flow in, in Ohio. We are the point of contact. So your agent that you buy from us internally, the office would be your direct contact and anything that you get in the mail or questions you have, you call them and then we handle it with you. Nice. Yeah. We, we hold their hand through that whole process, which is our secret sauce by far. That makes sense. If you will. That yeah. Makes sense. So Mark, you're doing an event in March and I'm actually yep. going this, um, cool. now you may be listening to this podcast, um, and it's July and mm-hmm. I'll be in Prague <laughs> by the way, that's our <laughs> knock on wood. That's our plan right now. But right. So you, you do these events occasionally and mm-hmm. you do them in cold, miserable Florida. And you know why you don't do them in Ohio? I don't know. Hope you'll figure that out one of these days, but you're doing this event and uh, I'm excited about this. I've heard right. one of my clients went to you, one of your events uh, about a, maybe less than a year ago. And, uh, yep. I talked to him afterwards. He just had really, really high praise. It's not your typical event, boot camp, workshop. You you talk about what you do and how you roll up your sleeves and actually, you know, get some work done in this event. Yeah, no, absolutely. So this event, it's a hot seat. It's a two-day event in Palm Beach, Florida. We do them randomly. I pick a date, you know, occasionally. We got one, like you said, in March coming up. But what it is is literally – it's guys and gals that are doing deals. You have to be an active investor. You have to be doing at least, you know, four or five, six deals a year to even attend. Cause if not, you're going to get lost. Um, we want action takers in the room and we literally start breaking down funnels. We break down funnels and Joe, probably the biggest thing, I think the biggest reason I think this is so successful, we don't focus a lot on technique or tactic. I should say, we're not focused on wholesaling or retailing or whole having, et cetera. We're focusing on the business, <laughs> So it's yeah. a business piece. Yeah. Not only that, I don't, you know, as you know, business isn't just about making money. We talk about family, fitness, faith, and finances. And finances is multi-levels, like how much you make and how much you keep is way different. So we talk about all these pieces intermixed over two days, talk about up-leveling your life, you know, hiring great people, working on a great business, you know, just really dialing in and being able to talk and have conversations with people, kind of get what we're doing daily. Cause we do, we can't talk to just anybody off the street, right, Joe? They just don't get what we do. 
You know, it is. It's really weird when someone from church asks you about your business, and uh, right, and like, um, well, anyway, I won't go into that. <laughs> but it's like, <laughs> Uh, yeah, so it's a high level. It's a yeah, high level yeah. two day training, five thousand dollars a ticket. Um, it's a small, intimate group. There's only usually, you know, anywhere from five to ten people per group. Um, I keep it small. It's very hand picked and hand selected. I talk to every single person before they even attend, just to make sure it's a fit. Uh, Michael, I just have great people in the room. Honestly, Joe, I'm, you know, I really want to. I, I think today where I'm at in my life and business. I can make a bigger impact helping a smaller group of action takers, mm-hmm. right? So if I can help guys that, you know, that are spreading their wings wide and they're actually doing it instead of just talking about it, I think overall, I think the compound, again, I'm all about compounding effect. I think the compound effect will be much, much bigger than if I had 500 people in a room asking a question about how do you fill out a contract <laughs> or how do you pick up the phone, pick it up, <laughs> you know, that, that's just me. And that's where I'm at my life and business. Not to say it's right or wrong. Again, that's, I think that's what's beautiful about what we get to do, Joe, is, you know, we get to pick of what we like to do and what we don't. Nice. Nice. And, uh, yeah, I'm excited for it. So you're calling it the hot seat where yep. you're actually going to – it's kind of like a mastermind, I guess, is what you'd say, right? Absolutely. Yes, correct. And I tell you, yep. um, I've I've been in a lot of masterminds, and the best ones are the ones where – you're you're sitting down and people are all staring at you. It's a little uncomfortable, <laughs> and they're like, you know, uh, it's so because you're you're in the middle of it and you're just thinking, oh man, and and you think you know what you're doing or you think that you're you're doing it right or you maybe have these little problems. But when somebody else from the outside, from thirty thousand feet up, who who can see down to specifically what you're doing, you're going to get an incredible perspective that you can't get anywhere else. It's really, yeah. really important. I was just at a, a conference, and more than the the teaching that they had at the conference was mm-hmm. I got more out of hanging out with other people and explaining mm-hmm. what I'm doing in my business, and then they were looking at it and giving me advice. I got way more out of that than I did actually being in the workshop and, and, and hearing people speak. So there's a real power no, in that. Go, go ahead, Mark. Yeah, no, there's a ton of power in that, and there's more power on top of that when you come into a non-judgmental environment, mm-hmm. right? So we're not in there. We're not criticizing you to hurt you or you know, tear you down. We're actually saying it as constructive criticism to make you better, to make you have an easier life, stress-free finance, you know, like all these pieces. We all want everyone in that room to win. There's no one in that room that says, oh, I hope Joe fells. You know, oh, that's a stupid question. There's nothing like that going on at all in these kind of environments. Yeah, and and you're you're Which, you're with peers, you're, oh, you're with yes. people who are already having some success in the business. They just want to grow. Correct. Actually, they're having a lot of success in the business. So this is good. I, I've been hearing about it from uh, some friends, from 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 clients, and I called you recently, Mark, and said, hey, "I want to go. <laughs> Can I go?" And we, so you, this is going to be in Palm Beach in mm-hmm. March, right? That's correct. Yep. And what is that? The is going to be Wednesday to Thursday or Thursday Friday? Yeah, we do Wednesday to Friday. Correct. Okay. How can people get a hold of you and find out more about it? Yeah, I mean, just have a simple form set up at markevansdm.com forward slash hot h o t. Mark Evans m a r k right Evans yep d m for deal maker yep dot com slash hot is that what you hot. said 
H O T. That'd be a form set up, and uh, just fill out the form, and then I'll get an alert, and I'll call you up as quickly as I can, and uh, talk to you one on one. I just, again, the, the truth is, I like to do that because I I just want to make sure we, it can benefit you, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And um and and again, Joe, as the leader of that group, you always want to make sure that we're bringing the right people in the room. That's why I don't have a sales letter set up for that, nor will I ever, because it's not just about making a sell. It's about how can we benefit both parties and really just be provide value to the group. Yep. Yep. So if you're listening to this after Mark, you know, after we do this event in March, um, let's page still be open, Mark, that they can go and get more information about another. Absolutely. Okay. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So the page will be open. Um, I don't have times necessarily in the books right now for when we're doing it. Yeah. I got a couple of cool things I'm working on, but we definitely, we usually have two to four of them a year. Um, I get requests to do more. I just, it's just more of a time thing for me. Yeah. So I just want to make sure I can, you know, provide the value and the content to, you know, knock it out and give you guys a home run. That's always my goal with it. But yeah, absolutely. Get over there and fill it out and I'll call you no matter what. Good. That's Mark Evans, DM for dealmaker.com slash hot. And it won't be hot in Palm Beach in March. <laughs> In fact, I might I might go down I might go down for a little trip and go see my St. Louis Cardinals down in uh, Jupiter. How far is Jupiter from you? Do you remember? Do you know? Uh, it's forty five minutes. Forty five minutes north of us. I think we need to have a, a party down in Jupiter. Like I know you do a oh, lot well, of uh, um, you you party it up a little bit. And uh, well, <laughs> I, I do events. I don't do parties. But yeah, I'll do. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> I've seen I'm not you a partier party. anymore, Joe. I'm a married man now. Yeah, you are. <laughs> Yeah, you are. <laughs> but uh, it's it's going to be a lot of fun, and and I don't know. I'm I'm not sure when I'm flying down yet, but I definitely want to go see my Cardinals okay. down in Jupiter. Let me know. <laughs> my COO is very connected up in that area. That's where he's from, that market. So oh, yeah, yeah. He's, uh, yeah, yeah. He might have some good connections for you. So, but I'd love to see you guys. I'd love to help you out anyway, Joe. I'm excited to see you as well. And uh, anybody that I can help, I'm always want to help people that want to help themselves. Guys, Mark Evans is the real deal. Uh, we've been working together. We've been friends for years. Uh, he's, I've learned so much from Mark. Uh, I, I give him my high endorsement. He's a real deal. He's doing a ton of deals and he's a great guy to get to know. I'm looking forward to seeing you at the, at this event, Mark and, and other people, hopefully that are listening to this will come as well. We can hang out, uh, enjoy the beautiful weather. And it's going to be the middle, I think March, 11th, 12th, and 13th. But even if you're listening yep. to this after that is done, he, Mark does these regularly. And I know I'll be at more than one. MarkEvansDM.com slash hot. And Mark, you also have a good podcast. It's called the Real Estate Power Hour Podcast. And people yep. can just go to iTunes or Stitcher probably. Do a mm -hmm. search for the Real Estate Power Hour and you'll find it. It's a good podcast. Right. And Mark, if someone wants to get a hold of you and – get more information about your turnkey properties. Um, maybe right. get on your buyer's list or talk with you about investing in some of these properties. Is there a place they can go to for that? Or Yeah. I mean, honestly, I would go over to markevansdm.com forward slash hot. Okay. And uh, just fill that out. And in the comments box, because I have a section in there for comments, just tell me you want to be, you want to talk about deals. And uh, I'll probably hand you off to, you know, one of our nine guys that talk with our buyers every day, guys and gals. They could service you. To, honestly, today, Joe, I'm not saying this in a weird way. 
they could provide better service to you than I can because they're in the office every day dealing with the properties that would fit your criteria. I'm kind of more on the, you know, on top of the business daily as opposed to in it. So I I just want to make sure they provide you great service and I can hook you up with the right person at that time. Good, good. All right. Hey, thanks a lot, Mark. Definitely. Thank you, Joe. I appreciate it. And uh, again, thank you for having me here at the podcast show. All right, guys, realestateinvestingmastery.com to get the show notes, to get the links that we talked about and all that good stuff. Let's take care, everybody. See ya.